Hello, I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and you're listening to The West Walk. When we recognize, when we reflect on uh, mistakes we made in the past, that's a question that we're always going to be asking. Why did we do that? Why did we think it was okay? Why did we think it was a good idea at the time? It wasn't a good idea. It was a terrible idea. It was uh, something that minimizes and takes advantage of a reality uh, that I have not had to live with, of being discriminated against, of being marginalized, of being judged for the color of my skin, for my language, my background. Uh, I come from a place of privilege and I have to recognize that I let a lot of people down with that choice and I stand here today uh, to reflect on that and to ask for uh, forgiveness. Uh, when I was growing up, I fought racists. I dealt with them myself and I fought back. But I got a message from a friend who reminded me that there's a lot of people out there that couldn't do that. They couldn't fight back. They didn't have the ability to do that. They couldn't, they couldn't do it themselves. And I think that it's gonna hurt to see this. It's gonna hurt them a lot. Wearing brown face is an act of open mockery and racism. It was just as racist in 2001 as it is in 2019. And what Canadians saw this evening is someone with a complete lack of judgment and integrity and someone who's not fit to govern this country. That was Liberal leader Justin Trudeau, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh and Conservative leader Andrew Scheer reacting to the two images and the Global News exclusive video obtained by the Conservative Party and verified by Global News with the Liberal campaign showing Liberal leader Justin Trudeau in blackface and brownface over 18 years ago. Longtime friend and Green Party leader Elizabeth May is now questioning whether she really knows her friend Justin Trudeau and is calling on the Liberal leader to do more than just apologize. I caught up with Ms. May late last week here in Vancouver. Here's that conversation. Elizabeth May, thank you so much for sitting down with us. It's great to see you. Thank you, Mercedes. It's been a pretty tough week the past week for Justin Trudeau and the Liberals on the campaign. Three different incidents of the Liberal leader in, in blackface or brownface. Yeah. What is your response to that? I'm so deeply shocked. Those who know me know that it's hard to believe that I'm finding trouble finding the words. I usually don't have trouble articulating my feelings, but I find this deeply troubling and really shameful behavior, and it's inexplicable that Justin Trudeau could be three times recorded. I mean, it seems to be something he likes to do, which is racist behavior. Do you think that he's fit to be the Prime Minister of Canada, given there's been three incidents? I belong to a, a tradition that is prepared to forgive but he has to express for, to, to me and all Canadians why we should forgive him. At this point, it is behavior that hurts people. It hurts children uh, of color. It hurts indigenous peoples. It hurts all of us who care about really eradicating racism from this culture, from this society. And it, puts it, it puts it right in our face that racism is alive and well in Canada, and that is unforgivable. Do you think that there's concerns about how many times this may have happened? I don't want to sound unfair, but it's transparent that he apologizes for the incidents that he thinks are in distribution and circulation. He apologizes when he's caught. 
and he should have come out before any of this became public, do you think? Well, at this point, I can't feel certain that I know who he is anymore. I can't feel certain that there aren't other pictures circulating among friends with more of this sort of thing. How much more could there be out there, and what possible explanation is there for this racist behavior, which surfaces not once, not twice, but now three times? His camp says that he has demonstrated policies that clearly show he's progressive, that he's not racist. He has said that he regrets this, that it was a mistake. But given the three incidents, do you feel that you could support a liberal government in a minority situation led by Justin Trudeau? I need to see what happens after the election. What is the will of Canadians as expressed at the ballot box? Because my, my number one commitment always is to doing what's best for Canada. Right now, my trust in, in, it's hard to have any trust. I mean, so many promises were broken. Ms. May, I have to ask you, as a party leader, mm -hmm. have you ever worn brown face or black face, or have any of your candidates worn brown face or black face that you're aware of? Absolutely never have I done such a thing. It's, it's appalling. And I don't think that any of our candidates are hiding anything from us. One dear friend of mine just contacted the party to say, I did once, and this is, of course, a well-known Canadian satirist and comic, Greg Malone, who was a founder of Codco. He's running in Avalon, and he let us know that in one of the skits that was broadcast on CBC several decades ago, I haven't seen the skit, but there was a skit in which he wore blackface. But it was, um, as I said, it was, it was um, part of a, a, a comedy skit on Codco in, on, and broadcast on National Public Broadcaster. But it's still, you know, in retrospect, he wishes he hadn't done it. Do you think he should still be allowed to run as a candidate? He still wore blackface. Uh, again, it, it, at the time, it meant that it wasn't a hidden video. It wasn't a hidden event. It was published. It was part of a national, uh, very well-loved comedy show. And I haven't reviewed it, but I, he, is a, he, he is very upfront about it, and he didn't hide it. But if, if Blackface is wrong for Justin Trudeau in a yearbook, why isn't it wrong for a Green Party candidate on a major national broadcaster? I think that the context of it being a comedy show in an era where it was broadcast on national television was not something that was hidden, and it was not something that he would do today. And I know Greg extremely well. They're not multiple incidents, and it wasn't part of a private life entertainment that he thought was appropriate. So given the outrageousness of Codco in the day, I think it falls in a different category. When it comes to Andrew Scheer, you've raised questions about whether or not you can support him based on his comments on Indigenous people around natural resource projects. Would you be willing to support a conservative minority government? The reality of it is that Andrew Scheer's comments on equal marriage, we were the first party to call for equal marriage. The speech that has appeared it makes his views, which are appalling, completely unacceptable to me. Uh, there's nothing in the conservative platform that could induce me to support that platform. But after an election, would I talk to the leader of the Conservative Party, talk to the leader of the New Democratic Party, talk to the leader of the Liberal Party, whomever those people may be, to serve the interests of Canada? So there's a possibility that you would support any of those parties in a minority situation? If we put, we will, we will bring down any government on the very first confidence vote if there's a failure to take the climate emergency seriously. That's our bottom line. We will bring down any government, regardless 
of its composition if there is a failure to respond in a concrete, committed, and serious manner to the climate catastrophe. Let's talk about your platform. It was released last week. Yeah. We got a look at it. Everyone knows Elizabeth May and the environment and the Green Party and the environment, but it was the first chance that Canadians have really had to get some in-depth uh, mm -hmm. peeks at your policies on issues not related to the environment, right. everything from national defense to health care. One of the promises that you make in there, well, several promises in terms of funding, uh, would be free education, yeah. child care, yeah. pharma care, dental care. That has to be several billion dollars. Oh, it's more than that. Are you looking at an increase in income tax no. for individuals at all? No, not no. at all. So, and no, t no tax increase on the real backbone of our economy, small business. Uh, we talk about your passion a lot, which is environment, and now I get to ask you about mine, which is defense and security. NATO and NORAD, mm -hmm. do you think that we should stay in those alliances? I think we need to constantly refresh and review what is the strategic imperative for Canada. Right now, our single largest security threat is the climate crisis. Our relationship with NATO is very important, but I want to review it. Elizabeth May, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, those images have now been seen around the world. The photographs and the video obtained by Global News from the Conservative Party and verified with the Liberal campaign that show Liberal leader Justin Trudeau in blackface and brownface, making headlines around the globe. From the UK to Asia and the United States, how is all of this affecting his campaign and the race to win in October? Joining me now in Ottawa, NDP strategist Anne McGrath and conservative strategist Fred Delory. In Toronto, liberal strategist Sarbjeet Kaur. And from just down the road, our very own global news anchor, Robin Gill. Uh, Robin, let's start with you. This issue really dominated the campaign trail this week. What was the reaction like in your community to these images and to how the liberal campaign handled this and in racialized communities across Canada? I think everybody's heart just sank. It's wrong. It was wrong in 1800. It's wrong in 2001. It's wrong in 2019. I think that people don't understand that it is very frustrating for people like me to explain to you that this frat boy mentality, it is not funny at all. People think they're trying to be authentic when they're role playing. Well, it's offensive. Sarbjeet, you know, you are a liberal strategist. When you looked at these photos and you watched uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stand up there and say he doesn't know how many times this might have happened, he can't remember if there might be more photos, how do you defend him as the leader? Well, if, um, when I saw the photos, I was certainly surprised, disappointed, shocked. The fact that there might be more photos is not actually um, that surprising because if you thought it was okay and you genuinely thought in your, your heart that it wasn't racist and this was acceptable, not that that is the right position to take, then whether you did it once or you did it five times within the same uh, you know span of time, it was all around 20 years ago from the time he was in high school or up to you know his late 20s. So that wouldn't necessarily surprise me that there would be more than one instance. Um, the, the fact is more of what happened back then and the way that we can accept his apology is basically by his track record. The fact that he has worked every day to champion diversity, to champion equality, whether it's for LGBT communities, whether it's uh, for racialized communities, and uh, that's why he's going to, I, I feel personally, um, get the benefit of the doubt from many people who will hold him to a higher standard, as they should, but the, he has that track record to stand on. 
Sarbjit, why do you think he didn't come out and disclose when he was first asked about this that there could be more instances? He only revealed the one, and then it came out there was at least one more, that global news video, and that's when he said, well, I don't know how many others. Uh, it's understandable, perhaps, that people did something in their past and can say that was wrong and I've moved on, but the fact that he wasn't upfront about that, how did that ring in liberal circles? Um, I think it is highly possible that a person would not remember exactly how many instances they may have participated in a dress-up costume party, how many of those costumes may have been uh, you know, highly inappropriate, so the preciseness does not necessarily lead me to doubt his sincerity. Uh, he's acknowledged that he did this, he's accepted full responsibility, he's apologized, and you know, actions speak louder than words for me personally. And you know, there's no question that he has championed progressive policies. He put them in place in government. Uh, and what Sarbjit is saying is if you look at his record, it suggests that he's changed. Do you think that this is seriously damaging to him still when we get to October 21st, or does it fall by the wayside? I don't know how much of an impact it's going to have on vote intention or voter, voter intention, but I do think it is a, a, a very, very clear, defining moment where I think a lot of people's opinions of him will change. Uh, I, I, from the beginning, uh, we've been saying that, you know, for progressive voters, you thought you were voting for, uh, you know, sunny ways and, 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 and a feminist and, and progressive and those kinds of things. And we've been pointing out some of the dis sort of dissonances in that. This makes that very clear. And uh, so I think that there's going to be a, a very, even for people who uh, accept his apology, and I think a lot of people have accepted his apology and believe it was sincere, uh, even for those people, there is a sort of, they feel let down, and it makes them wonder about other things, like the things that he says about Indigenous uh, Canadians, and then, you know, kind of belittles and mocks uh, an Indigenous person who came to one of his fundraisers and wanted to know about mercury poisoning in uh, Grass and Arrows. So those kinds of things, I think that dissonance is going to become part of the narrative of this campaign, and uh, I think it will lead progressive voters who put their vote with him last time to think about where they want to put that vote this time. Fred, he has apologized. Justin Trudeau came out and he apologized very, very publicly. Your leader, Andrew Scheer, has said that if, if candidates apologize and, and say that they have changed and accept that what they did is wrong, they should still be allowed to run. Why do you think that Andrew Scheer doesn't accept that same standard when it comes to Justin Trudeau? I think the problem with Mr. Trudeau is that he's caught in so many lies so often. Um, you know, he, he's promised to do politics differently, sunny, way, sunny ways, and, you know, he lied to Canadians on SNC-Lavalon, he's, uh, he's blocking the RCMP from investigating him, uh, and, and on this particular issue, you know, he, he, he got caught in a lie again on how many times it happened. Uh, my bet is he knows how many times it happened, he doesn't know how many times he's been photographed, uh, and that's why they're not giving up the number. Robin, I'm wondering if you can take us through this discussion about racist behaviors and being racist in Canada, because people are having it on social media and at dinner tables across this country. At best, what happened is hypocritical. But can somebody engage in racist behavior without being a racist? What, what is the difference between doing something that's racist and being a racist? People think this is like drama, right? They think this is a costume, but skin color is not a costume, and you have to explain that that seems racist. Do people intend to be racist? Maybe they do it subconsciously, unconsciously, but it's, it's, it's so frustrating because you see that and you're like, you're a world leader, you're on the world stage. How is this going to play internationally? How can you be taken seriously at the G7 when you're 
your past is coming up to haunt you. And where was the vetting process on this when you were becoming the leader? Where were the Liberals on this and looking at this? And that is the discussion that's actually around the dinner table. These are the things that my friends and my community are talking about. Well, Sergeant, yeah, why do you think that he didn't disclose this before it came out in the media? Yeah. Did, I really can't speculate as to, you know, why or what, what he knew, what other people knew, why he didn't disclose. But what I can say is that he's accepted full responsibility. Um, you know, he's not made any excuses. He's used this as a teachable moment, as uh, Robin said. The awareness is still low, and uh, all the resources are out there for people who want to learn, who want to understand, who want to engage with their friends and neighbors with compassion. The resources are out there. And uh, what I've appreciated is that he's continued to talk about these issues, and that perhaps we can talk about deeper issues as well. It's one thing to, you know, wear a costume intentionally or unintentionally hurtful, uh, but we have a lot of serious issues that racialized communities are facing. We we have higher chances of being incarcerated, shot by police. Uh, we worry about opportunities for our children, job and employment opportunities. We worry about attacks. There is a rising alt-right movement in this country that certain candidates are pandering to, and they are happy to take those votes and happy to talk about invasions of, you know, refugees across our borders. And all of this is what threatens our social cohesion. Now, and Jungmeet Singh had a moment of, of real leadership this week. Everyone who was watching it, all of the experts, even other parties said, wow, he really was able to step up to the plate. Um, and, and he has that personal connection on this. Where does the NDP take this going forward? How does Jagmeet Singh continue to build on that leadership opportunity? Well, I think it's true that he had a very authentic voice on, on the evening that all of this came out. And I think that, you know, he spoke directly to the lived experience of millions of Canadians who have experienced uh, these insults, this mockery, uh, this racism. And, uh, and so I think he did have that. But I think mo most importantly, he wasn't talking about himself or his party or any partisan gain in this. He was speaking directly to those Canadians, and I think that that's what made it so powerful. Um, I believe that this is going to change some things on the campaign trail. Um, I believe, for instance, that uh, any leader that thought that they were going to go on to the debate stage and make this a two-party race and basically ignore uh, or make him irrelevant can no longer do that because he is very relevant in this campaign. He did have uh, uh, that moment. But also, he is not, uh, you know, he has not been making personal or political gain out of it either. So I think that uh, what he has to do is, you know, speak to how he felt about it, what it means for Canadians who have experienced racism, and then he also has to talk about the issues and the positive offer that the NDP has for Canadians and make it clear that this is not, you don't have to choose between bad and worse, that you can actually, if you want a different result, and a lot of Canadians do want a different result, you can make a different choice. Fred, there's pressure on Andrew Scheer now to apologize for his comments about gay marriage. He hasn't done that. He said that people have moved forward, but he hasn't said whether his views have changed, and he hasn't apologized for what he said, which uh, many people find very offensive. Why won't he do that, and do you think that the campaign has to do it going forward? 
I think Mr. Mr. Shear's been fairly clear on this on this matter that the, the issue's been handled and they've, they've moved on. The last uh, second last uh, Conservative convention, we've changed the the policy declaration recognizing um, uh, traditional marriage, uh, or recognizing marriage being between two people that love each other, uh, and Mr. Shear is a part of that. So I, I think that has been handled and uh, and moved on from. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think this campaign is focusing and becoming uh, an issue of trust. Uh, I think that's becoming a big part of it. We are obviously um, pushing out a very positive platform, uh, trying to uh, show Canadians that our, uh, how our plan is going to work to make life more affordable. But uh, Mr. Trudeau, again, is, is continuously showing that he can't be trusted, that he's not being honest, uh, and he's not being honest with Canadians. And I think that's this is going to have a huge impact on this campaign. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you very much to our strategists for joining us this week and to Robin Gill as well. For the full interview with Green Party leader Elizabeth May, you can go to our website, www.thewestblock.ca. And now we'll leave you for today with the hopes and concerns of a few Canadians who we spoke to here in Vancouver after seeing Liberal leader Justin Trudeau in blackface and brownface. For The West Block, I'm Mercedes Stevenson. Terry Tiji, Regional Chief of the British Columbia Assembly of First Nations. My whole life I've dealt with racism, um, you know, being brown-skinned. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, that, uh, that issue is, it is hurtful. Um, you, you tend to, as a, as a person of color, uh, to, to grow thick skin. Uh, what's troublesome about this normalization of racism is that it's our youth, it's our children that have to deal with it. What do I say to my children is the, that uh, it, it is okay to be brown, it's okay to be indigenous, and we should be celebrating our differences. And um, quite frankly, that uh, um, we are all equals in this country. And, and, and this new, this, this idea of Canada is supposed to be built on tolerance and, and love and acceptance of, of different people from different areas. And uh, you know, in our culture, we accept people. We accept their, their differences, and matter of fact, we celebrate their differences. My name is Savannah Sutherland. I hope that we finally hold politicians to higher standards, um, because everyone just assumed Trudeau would do what he said he would do. Um, I hope you realize that white supremacy is a real problem in multicultural Canada, um, and that us just being, oh, Canada's multicultural just erases all the experiences of other people of color. Sydney Henry. I would like to say that I get angry about it, um, but I think that requires an element of surprise, um, an element of a unique experience. We've seen this before, we see things like this on a daily basis, so at this point it's almost exhausting as opposed to infuriating. My hope moving forward is that everyone holds themselves to a higher standard, where you are constantly considering and reconsidering the decisions that you make, and not in a micromanaging way, but in a way that is considerate of those around you.